Welcome to the Sterling Foursquare Church Podcast. Our mission is to offer hope for the broken, lives that are thriving, the equipping of believers, and the launching of leaders. More info can be found at sterlingfoursquare.com. Thank you for joining us today. We are focusing on joy this morning. Let's everybody just say joy. Joy, very good, very good. We have been in a series the last couple of weeks called Come, Lord Jesus, and we've been preparing our hearts with expectation uh, to receive the presence of the Lord and to celebrate Christmas together. If you kind of grew up in a tradition that uh, focused on what is called Advent, this would be pretty normative for you. Advent is celebrating the, the four Sundays prior to Christmas Uh, where there's a focus each time, and we have been doing that together as a church family. We highlighted the idea of hope as we kicked off our series, and last week Pastor Tom talked about peace. This morning we get to celebrate with joy our Christmas sweater Sunday. How appropriate is that? And again, you guys look so festive and so wonderful. And just in case I forget it, I would love to grab some Christmas sweater selfies with Pastor Ben before you guys leave this morning. So if you've got a little bit of time after service, run up and let's snap some pics together. But we are preparing to celebrate Christmas. And Advent means to prepare for and arrival. And so that's what we have been doing. And I want you to think for a moment when you are, especially maybe when you were a kid, when you were anticipating an arrival of like a special guest. For me, kind of around the holidays, there was always like the favorite cousins that you would anticipate kind of coming over. And the chaos in our house would just double uh, from me and my brothers to me and my brothers and all of our cousins together. But I remember when we would be waiting for uh, our cousins or we would be waiting for the arrival of family like me and my brothers, we would be looking out the big picture window in, in the living room. We'd be anticipating, we'd hear a car go by and be like, is that them? You'd go run out. There was preparation that was involved there. Um, uh, not the same type of preparation my parents had to put into it, right? Because they were putting the house in order and they were trying to pretend that we didn't live in the chaos that we lived in. Like some of you guys feel that stress right now. But there was preparation uh, before the arrival and then there was a celebration when the arrival happened. And both of those things, especially for me as a kid, both of those things were, were filled with joy. They were marked by joy. When you knew that your family was coming, or maybe it's been a special guest, or you've been preparing for a surprise birthday party, something along those lines, you, you can understand that there's joy in the preparation, and there's this anticipation, and then when it arrives, it's like, boom, there's more joy. It's like joy on joy, and our intention uh, in Advent, and as we focus on joy, should be both of those two things. There should be a joy that begins to well up in you in anticipation, a joy that comes from preparing yourself uh, for Christmas and for celebrating the uh, arrival of Jesus to celebrate his presence. There's this preparation that should bring joy, and then there's this celebration as that arrival should crescendo into joy as well. And so there's this in, intended uh, sense of, of recognizing and interacting with and experiencing the presence of God that really is kind of twofold. There's a joy that comes in the preparation, and then there's a joy that comes in the celebration. And so we're going to be looking at how to prepare ourselves to not just receive, but to experience 
the joy of the Lord during this time. So if you've got your Bible, go ahead and get that out. If you've got your smartphone or your tablet, I want to encourage you to open up your Bible app. And Lord, we pause and we take a moment to prepare our hearts before you. Lord, we ask that you would soften our hearts, that we would receive your word today, that we would receive that encouragement. Lord, that we would experience your joy. And that it would be something that we don't just agree with in our minds, but Lord, something that we receive into our hearts and something that we're able to experience and live out and that we're able to share with others as well. And so Lord, we ask first and foremost that you would prepare us as we look at what it means to prepare ourselves to experience your presence and your joy. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. With your Bibles out, you can go ahead and go to Psalm chapter 16. Psalm chapter 16. You're like, wait a minute, that's not a Christmas text. I know that. We're going to move forward and get to some of those other ones as well. But we're going to start in Psalm chapter 16. Because the psalmist says something that connects the idea of experiencing joy at its fullest or at its most kind of authentic expression. The writer connects that idea to the presence of God. And as we are anticipating the, celebrating the arrival of Jesus, as we are anticipating uh, Emmanuel, God with us, there is something in that for you and I to, uh, to make that connection. In, in Psalm chapter 16, verse 11, as the, the writer there uh, would, would phrase it in this way, he says, you make known to me the path of life. Right? You, you reveal the way that I should go. You show me how life is supposed to be lived, the correct way to do it, the way to walk in fullness or blessing. There, there's this sense of uh, living life in a right or aligned way that the Lord directs and that it's in that that you have kind of the full experience of his plans and purposes and his blessing in your life. You make known to me the path of life and you will fill me with joy in your presence. Everybody say joy. joy. Everybody say presence. presence. Okay, now it's important. Presence, not presence, right? When we're kids, we mix that up a little bit, right? We're like, hey, what'd you bring me? And you're like, I'm the gift. And like, they're always disappointed at that, aren't they? But this idea that you will fill me with joy in your presence, a another way to translate that phrase in the Hebrew would say in your presence is the fullness of joy. That the, the, the fullest, most authentic, pure expression of lasting in duration joy is something that is connected with experiencing the presence of God. And then from there it says, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. That there's this sense of when I uh, enter into and engage with the presence of God, that there is a, a, a favor and a blessing, there's a blessedness, there's a, a, an alignment with the plans and purposes of God, that there's a fruitfulness, there's all kinds of metaphors that scripture uses to designate that this is where life and vitality and real joy that lasts is something that comes from. You fill me with joy in your presence. And so the, the, the psalmist is connecting this idea that when I experience, when I experience the presence of God, I am filled with joy. That there is this, this sense of in that place being filled with the joy of the Lord. We sang this morning uh, uh, a line in one of the songs that says that the joy of celebrating, preparing for his presence as much as it being fulfilled by 
his was kind of activity that went with that that are appropriate for us this morning, even though we experience. And so there's a variety of different practice. And sometimes we pray a lot more when our life is a hot dumpster fire, right? If we're going to be honest there. And then when things are going well, maybe we're not kind of checking in with the Lord as often. Regardless of kind of all of those praxis and nuance, can I just encourage you to do this? Just begin to pray the way that you would know and understand it now and to do that in faith. You know, sometimes we don't feel like our prayers are being heard. Sometimes we don't feel like they're being answered. Sometimes there is uh, an emptiness in the way that we would walk into that. Continue, just in faith, because there is a connection between moving into that place where I'm open to having the Lord speak into my life and experiencing his presence as a result of that. So begin to pray in faith. The second one and second way that you and I can prepare our hearts this week to really experience, to be aware of the presence of God and to experience it in our day-to-day is to begin to worship in faith, to begin to pray in faith and worship in faith. Psalm 100 verse 2 says this, says, worship the Lord with gladness, come before him with joyful songs, that there's something about when I lift my voice to the Lord, when I come and I I lift praise and I lift worship to him, there's something in me that begins to change. There's something in me that becomes aware of his presence at work in my life. There's something that opens in me that's receptive to the move of God or the move of the Spirit or his work in my life. And there's this kind of this collective encouragement that the psalmist uses here that says, hey, let's, let's do this together and let's come with joy-filled hearts. And here's the thing, sometimes you have to do that in faith because sometimes you don't feel like worshiping. You don't have a song in your heart. Sometimes you don't feel like there's joy in you. There, there is a, uh, a tendency for us to feel like in, in order to uh, walk in the joy of the Lord or to rejoice is what scripture oftentimes encourages us with. That's to do joy. That somehow we have to have it first in order to practice it. And what is often true is that I need to practice it in faith so that I am open to receiving it. There is a very, very real need. Listen to me. If you are going through a challenging time right now, if you, if, if, if you do not have joy in your relationship, in the direction that your life's going, if you are lacking joy in in an area in your life, you need to begin to worship the Lord in spite of that and and, and oftentimes in direct opposition to that thing. You need to worship anyway. I love the Old and New Testament examples all the time of there being battles, there being conflict, there being out, uh, external pressures that are pushing and limiting the people of God. And their response wasn't to fight for their rights and it wasn't to exercise their might, but their response was begin to worship. Their response was begin to begin to praise. And even that great promise from the Old Testament that says that the battle belongs to the Lord is tied to that type of an activity that I don't have to somehow manufacture this in my own strength, that I can trust him. And there is a place for you and I to worship in faith, to worship in faith, believing that the Lord's presence is going to be something that we experience as a result of that. And as I experience his presence, I also am open to receiving the joy of the Lord. All right, number three, number three, uh, a way that you can begin to prepare your heart to receive the presence of God. Psalm 95 verse 6 says, Come, let us 
bow down in worship. There's a second part to that verse that will kind of lead us to our number four, but we're going to just focus on this first part here. Because this language that is used here by the psalmist is collective. It's, 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 come, it's kind of like come one, come all. Let us all come together. There's a tendency, especially for you and I, when we think about prayer, when we think about worship, a lot of times we'll think of it through a private lens, a personal lens, and that's appropriate. It does need to be something that is personally expressed in your life. It does need to be something that you personally participate in, but there is often through Scripture an invitation to be a part of what God is doing in us together, that there is a way for us to prepare for the arrival of Jesus and the joy that he brings to to prepare ourselves to experience the presence of God that comes with us gathering together. It comes with us gathering together. When we have uh, people come to visit us now at, at my house, where I don't get to be the little kid and look out the window and just be like, I can't wait for him to get here, but I have to be the dad who's like, I gotta hide all this stuff and clean all this up before they get here, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. There's an all hands on deck, and we'll even use that language in our home. Hey, they're gonna be here in one hour. Like, we're already Facebook stalking them or we're watching their trip track, you know, something like that. We've got them on Life 360. We know where they they are like we got to get this going and it's all hands on deck and we're going to gather together and we're going to prepare so that when they arrive we're all actually gathered together and put together and ready for their arrival there's something in that gathering and that activity that is really really important and when it comes to you and I and preparing our hearts to experience the presence of God there is an importance in the gathering to come together to worship you and you guys did that this morning that's the, this, this is something that you have done. Now, whether you were choosing to prepare yourself to be a part of the collective people of God, to experience the presence of God, is, is, is really irrelevant. You have done that. And even if you came in here not expecting to experience anything of the presence of God, or maybe you're even skeptical of it, it is likely that you've bumped into something that has got your attention. It's likely that you have experienced something that has paused you to thought. And those of you who were prepared and you were anticipating, it is likely that you have had a very encouraging feeling of the presence of God and an interaction with other believers, that worship was something that stirred something in you and that even now the Holy Spirit would be doing something in you as a result. And it's that gathering together that begins to prepare our our hearts to experience uh, the presence of God in a way that brings joy. And it is so important, listen to me, it's so important that we do those things in faith. That when we don't have joy, we continue to pray. That when we don't feel joy, when we're not joy-filled, that we continue to worship. And it's even more important that we would gather together because typically our response is when we begin to feel depressed, when we're anxious, when we're overwhelmed, when we're so aware of our brokenness or offense and we feel paralyzed in our, our relationship with the Lord, we have a tendency to withdraw. And it's in that place of isolation and loneliness that all of those things become more exaggerated. And so it's so important that we gather together because when we gather together, we begin to be encouraged by what God is doing in one another's lives. We begin to hear themes or threads of how God is working in a collective group of people or things that he's doing in the community that we're not aware of or or places that he's been answering prayer at the prayer station or in in our own lives. And there's this uh, this cacophony of worship that comes when when all of a sudden our voice is added to what's going on. And there is uh, a resulting awareness of the presence 
presence of God that begins to foster joy in us as a result. And so we need to pray in faith. We need to worship in faith. We need to gather in faith. The second part of that, Psalm 95, says, let us, again, collective language, let us kneel before the Lord our maker. Here there's this invitation to all come together and to bow down in worship. And then there's this sense of kind of just kneeling before the, the Lord. And there is a reflective quality to this. A sense of being still and waiting in the presence of God. A, a, a sense of ceasing from all of what I bring to the table to just receive from what the Lord would have for me. There's a reflectiveness to this. And as, as we turn our attention towards the arrival of Jesus, as we begin to shape our hearts and our minds and just even kind of the festivities of our home towards celebrating Christmas, we don't want to move towards just a bunch of activities and miss the presence of God. If you miss the presence of God, you will miss joy. You'll have a happy day, maybe, right? You'll, you'll have some kind of some short-lived bursts of blessedness, but the idea of being able to walk in joy in the midst of difficulty or challenge, like that will remain elusive because that is found in the presence of God. And as I begin to prepare my heart in faith, as I begin to worship, as I gather with other believers, as I reflect on his promises, all of a sudden I'm more aware of those things and more receptive to acknowledging and experiencing his presence. And then as a result of that, walking in a joy that strengthens me and is something that is, is connecting me to the Lord. And oftentimes, this will require you to do this in faith. Like, there's been plenty of times in my life where I felt like my prayers were empty. There's been plenty of times in my life where I've been in a gathering of believers and I've wanted to lift my voice in worship and I did not have the voice to sing where there was this sense of, of, of hurt or brokenness, that there was this sense of depression or anxiety. Those are very real things that we are, have to walk through, that we have to kind of fight for. And there was even a, a, a period of years where the, the way that I would describe how I felt was that like I could not find joy. I, I was happy, I loved the Lord, I was content, I, there, I wasn't overwhelmed by any of those things necessarily, but that I felt like any time I was trying to have joy burst forth in my life, that it was a fight and it was a, it was a slug, that it was a challenge. And it was during those times that I was praying in faith, that I was trying to worship in faith, because I wasn't feeling it. It wasn't something that was just like, oh, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. It was a, it was a challenge. It was a struggle. Gathering together was easy because it's my job. I got to show up. But like the other ones, right, I had to work really hard at. And it's so important for us to do that in faith because those things are, when, when I come to the Lord, he's attentive to my ear. Scripture's full of that promise. I know that there's times where you feel like your prayers are not being heard. They're not being answered in the way that you thought that you would, and you would entertain the thought that he's not listening or that he doesn't care. Scripture is full of promise to the contrary of that, that he is attentive, that he already knows, that before you give voice to the concern of your heart, that it's already something that he is aware of, and he is moving on your behalf in response to a prayer that hasn't even been uttered yet. Same thing with this idea of worship. Like, am I, is there anybody here? Is there anything that I'm singing to? Yes. In fact, the Word of God says that God in, uh, inhabits the praises of his people. 
It's one of those Old Testament turn of phrases that says that when we begin to worship, God is in the middle of it. There's even a picture in the Old Testament of, of him dancing over the praise of his people, which I don't know if, like, what kind of uh, imagination you have, like God dancing. So I don't, I mean, I don't know what that looks like to you, but it's such an interesting picture and metaphor to understand of how your father would celebrate your, your company and to bring his presence in a very w- real way. And so there's times where these things are challenges for you, and th- that might be your season right now. You may not have any joy in this moment. You may not have any joy this morning. But you're in the presence of God, and you've gathered together with other believers, and you've had the opportunity to worship. You can certainly go to the prayer station, have them contend for you in prayer, and you can, in faith, you can, in faith, say, I'm going to keep pressing into the presence of God because that's where I know joy is, and there is no real joy any other place. Keep in faith pushing forward. But the beautiful thing about it, right, this whole uh, picture from the Psalms and his presence of this fullness of joy and this idea of me kind of engaging in preparation of my heart to get there, right, it, that, that, that's helpful. But more than that, listen to me, he is after you. God pursues us. Like Jesus looks to get to us as much as we're like trying to prepare our hearts or the much as looking at Advent and saying, I'm going to prepare a place for him. As much as when you are receiving a special guest that you are working to put your home in order, the guest is coming. The guest is on their way. They are trying to get to you. And the picture that you see, the announcement that you see, the reason why joy is a part of Advent, the whole idea of preparing for the arrival of Jesus is because he is coming to you. In the Old Testament, they had to go to a location to experience the presence of God. The whole good news of Jesus is that God is coming to you. He's fighting his way to you. And you see that in Luke chapter 2. In Luke chapter 2, you have the announcement to the shepherds, and they weren't preparing to do anything. They were just hanging out with their sheep. They were just shepping or whatever that word is supposed to be, right? They're just doing their thing. And all of the sudden, all of the sudden, there's an angel that shows up and this declaration, and they weren't prepared for that. They weren't ready for camping guests. They were just out taking care of their sheep. And here's what the picture that we have from scripture gives us. Verse eight of Luke chapter two, and there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Hey, don't freak out guys. This is good news and you're about to rejoice. You're about to be overwhelmed with joy. You're about to be joy-filled and joy pouring out of you. Why? Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born. He is the Messiah, the Lord. You know what the angel is saying there? The presence of God has come. Like the presence of God, it's not like this place of worship any longer. It's not this thing that you have to somehow get to or fight to or manufacture. It's not geographically located that it's in only that place that you get to experience. God has now come and it's joy to the world. Great joy to all people because now the presence of God is not restricted And the presence of God isn't something that you have to kind of make your way to. God has come to 
you. God has come to you. So as much as you and I get to prepare our hearts to celebrate Christmas, to prepare our hearts to experience the presence of God, he is already present and is looking to connect with you, to uh, have you enjoy his presence and to have joy come as a result of his presence. He has arrived and with him he has brought his presence not the T.S. gifts under the tree, the C.E., presence of God. And in his presence, listen to me, in his presence is the fullness of joy. And conversely, joy is not found, not lasting, not authentic, not real joy, is not found in any other place. It's found in the person of Jesus. And you have this picture of as much as we have opportunity to prepare ourselves to receive and to engage in the presence of God, it's not left just up to you. It's not about your performance or how will you get this right. That's why if you need to just begin to pray in faith, just begin to pray. You can grow in that discipline. If you need to worship when you don't feel like it, just loose your voice. Allow the Lord to do something that begins to break that, that hindrance or that blockage in you. Be somebody who's willing to, to gather together to encourage one another. Begin to reflect on Scripture and the promises of God. Do those things to prepare, but it's not just up to you. He's already doing the work. He is coming to you. And even if you're a shepherd scratching your head, and you're not even aware that something awesome is about to happen, the Lord is pursuing you. He is God with us. Jesus will come to you. He's going to speak to you. He's going to remind you of his promises because it's tied to his names. In Matthew chapter 1, we're going to look at this and close. Uh, the, the Lord appears to Joseph in a dream. Pastor Tom talks a little bit about out of this text last week, but Joseph was trying to figure out what to do with his unexpected uh, information from, from Mary, and he's trying to figure out how to respond, and he has this dream. And in this dream and in this interaction, uh, in this narrative, there are, there are two names that Jesus is identified by that indicate what he wants to do in our lives. And it says, the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. It said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because he is conceived in her, is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. Now look at this. And you are to give him the name Jesus. Like Joseph didn't just like pull this out of a book of names. He wasn't just kind of like, you know, taking an office pool. What do you think we should name this kid? Right? The Lord spoke. It was a divinely assigned name. And if you were to kind of look in your study Bible, if it was going to unpack this for you, the name Jesus is the Greek form of the Hebrew name Joshua. And the name means this, the Lord saves. The Lord saves. That is his name. Jesus is not just Lord. He is the Lord who saves. The Lord saves. Every time you say the name of Jesus, you're declaring that truth. Every time you say the name of Jesus, sing the name of Jesus, read the name of Jesus, you are declaring the Lord saves. Every time your, unfraid, uh, your, your unsaved friend uh, uses Jesus' name as a profanity, they inadvertently declare the Lord saves. I love that. I think that that's just humorous. That you can't even say my name the wrong way without declaring who I am and what I'm going to do on your behalf. The Lord saves. And then as the narrative continues, it begins to give us a quote from the Old Testament from Isaiah. Matthew tells us that all of this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken through the prophet. 
The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him, look at this name from the Old Testament, they will call him Emmanuel, which means what? God with us. God with us. The presence of God here, now, permanent, available. You could individualize the statement, God with me. Jesus, the Lord saves. God with me. And it's in that place, it's in that recognition that we begin to not just prepare ourselves to receive the presence of God, but we begin to recognize that he has already come and is present. And it's in that encouragement that we get to be filled with joy. Church family, I'm going to ask you to stand this morning. Worship team, if you guys would come forward. We're going to close in a couple different directions this morning. And just to kind of frame it out and prepare you for that, one is going to be a response of brevity. That means it's going to be a little bit more uh, uh, serious. And the other is going to be a response of levity. That means it's going to be a little bit more light uh, and merriment uh, anchored. But I'm going to ask you to do something as we close. I'm going to ask you just for uh, the sake of quieting our hearts and our minds, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes for just a moment. Because even as we're focusing on joy, even as we're preparing ourselves to celebrate Jesus' birth and to gather together for Christmas Eve candlelight services, even as we would be uh, in our festive sweaters this morning and that we would be celebrating the bells and servant spotlight, and there's a lot of things that would uh, be um, reasons for us to be full of joy. The reality is, is that there are often places in our lives where we are missing joy, where we're lacking that. And if you're in that place this morning, if you've got an area of your life that is lacking the joy of the Lord, where you're not experiencing His presence, you're not experiencing His power, in this place where you feel stuck, where your prayers are empty and you have no voice to worship, your eyes closed, I would just ask you to put your hands out in front of you. I want to pray over you. I want to pray for you this morning. Lord, you know the hearts here that are fighting for joy. You know the hearts here, Lord, that are, are yearning and longing for a joy that just seems out of reach. Lord, you know the places of disappointment, the places of hurt and offense, the places of brokenness, the places where people feel stuck. Lord, you know the places where people's hearts and souls feel dry, where there seems to be a barrenness, a lack of fruitfulness. Lord, and into those places, we ask that you would begin to move. Right now, we prepare those hearts in faith through prayer, that we would come, and as the psalmist would say, in the morning, my prayer comes before you. Lord, we bring these things before you, and we know that you aren't far off, that you are here, that you are present that you are Emmanuel, God with us, that you are Jesus, the Lord saves. And so Lord, we bring these to you and we ask that you would move in power and demonstrate your goodness in such a way that they would experience your presence and experience your joy. Lord, that there would be a breakthrough. Lord, that there would be a resurrection, that there would be a newness of life, that there would be a reconciliation, that there would be a redemption. Lord, that what is needed would be spurred on by your spirit and that the result of your present work in them would be an outpouring of the joy of the Lord that would strengthen them. We ask that you would do that because you are the God who saves. You are the God with us. 
and we prepare our hearts to celebrate those things. In Jesus' name. Now, the closing of levity, we're going to shift gears here, and we are going to do what is often encouraged in the Psalms, and that is to shout for joy. And that may, may be something where you're like, whoa, whoa, it sounds like we're going from zero to ten, ready? Like, is there like a kind of just speak out loud for joy, maybe a five? No, we're going to go all the way to ten. You're just going to have to mouth it and fake it. Uh, if you don't have the courage to do that yet, but collectively, we're going to raise a shout, and we're going we're gonna to do a one, two, three, and we're just going to shout hallelujah. I'm going to shout hallelujah. And that sounds like a churchy word to shout, and it kind of is. But what hallelujah means, if you were going to uh, unpack the meaning of the word, it means praise the Lord. So if you're like, well, I don't know if I can get all the way to hallelujah today, Pastor Ben, then just say praise the Lord with us. You'll sound a little bit off, but we'll all be saying the same thing technically. Um, but we're just going to shout hallelujah. I'm going to give you some action steps, and then we'll go out singing. So hallelujah on three. One, two, three. Can I just say something for a moment? That was so much better than the first service. <laughs> so much better than the first service that I'm compelled to say it knowing that this is live stream right now and they might be at home saying, what, you're talking smack about? But hey, it was that good, it was that good. Let's give them one more hallelujah. One, two, three, hallelujah. All right, I got three action steps for you as we go out. Number one is I want to encourage you to come back tonight for our encounter service. We are going to rejoice. We are going to do joy. That's going to be the focus and theme of our servant. Number two, I want to encourage you to choose to rejoice this week. Rejoice in faith if you have to. Number three, find a way to press into the presence of God this week, either praying in faith or praising in faith or reflecting on his promises. Merry Christmas. We will see you tonight.